You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hey, everyone. I am super excited because I have Byron Wolf on the line. Now, Byron is a CFO, and he's here to talk to us about how we can work smarter and not harder in our small businesses. So, hey, Byron, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. This is this is exciting. I've been looking forward to this one. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to it too. Before we hit record, we were just having a ball. I was like, okay, we need to <laughs> record the actual episode. Um, but let's go ahead and hop right in for the people. Let's talk about how, because hustle culture is real. And a lot of times people are like, oh, in order to make your small business work, you have to work hard. You have to hustle. You have to, you know, work 60 hours, 80 hours, you know, whatever the case may be. So I want to talk about how we can not work as hard, but still be more profitable. So what are some tips that you have for us? Yeah, no, this is a great question. And and as we go into 2024, AI is just blown up. 23 was the year of AI, right? And so everybody's finding ways to get more accomplished or using AI, you know, they're they're doing more. So the the 40-hour work week that we used to see, you know, 5 years pre pre-COVID, 10 years back, like that doesn't exist anymore. Like the expectation is this like 60, 80 hour work week just to keep up with everybody else because everybody's using VAs or using AI, they're using, you know, apps to be more productive. And so the expectation has gotten like really high for the amount of work that we need to put out. And so if we don't start concentrating on really trying to find real ways of reducing that workload, we're going to burn ourselves out. So, you know, I think the the best thing you can do is to work smarter, not harder. Like if you're trying to outwork your competitor, I mean, you're just going to get exhausted. You know, it's, it's just, it's overwhelming. So what I mean by work smarter, not harder is we got to find ways to outsource some of the work that we do. We got to find ways uh, to get more accomplished in a shorter period of time. And we have to find ways to keep more money. So one of the things I talk about a lot of the time, and this is a little bit of a tangent, is that like revenue is a brag and profit is the real scoreboard. So if, mm-hmm. if you're working your tail off to make a ton of money, but you're not keeping but like a tiny, tiny piece of it, like that's not going to be long standing. You know, if if you if you're making a you know a million dollars in revenue, but you're taking home like 50 grand, I mean, you can go get a job and make a lot more money than that $50,000, you know, that you're keeping. So let's find a way, like, it's impressive. You're making a million dollars in revenue. That's a great number. It's a huge number. I love it. But like, let's find a way to keep as much of that money as we can. So instead of 50 grand taken home, let's focus on increasing that to 100 or 200, right? Let's get those profit margins up. And so one of the best things we can do is we need to look at what we are doing internally. What are you doing in your business, right? And then take those and divide those into the different tasks. So all of us have things that we are really, really good at and we love or we hate. We have things that we're really, really bad at, but we love them or we hate them. So figure out what you're doing, right? 
and then say, okay, I'm operations, I'm finance, I'm marketing, I'm tech, I'm sales, like all of these out, build those out. Those are positions. And you may be doing all of those right now. I hope that you're not, but you may be doing all of those. <laughs> like a lot of us are, like if you're an entrepreneur, like, you know, you, you believe, well, I don't want to put this on everybody, but I know that going up through this myself, I thought I'm the best person for every job in my company. So I'm just going to do it all, you know, uh, not sustainable, by the way. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, find, find the things that you're really, really good at and you enjoy. Like those are easy. Those are, those are, you know, let's set those aside. We're going to keep doing this. The things that uh, you really dislike, but you're really good at. Like you probably need to hold on to those a little bit longer. Find the things that you're bad at that you dislike. That's the first thing we're going to outsource, right? So I'm really, really bad at marketing. It's just not my arena. I'm not good at it. Like I, I'm a, I'm a, I want immediate results kind of guy and marketing just doesn't work that way, you know? So, you know, I don't like it you know, and I'm not good at it. So that's the first thing that I'm going to outsource. So we're going to outsource that to the best person possible. And then we're going to start to divide these things out so that we have this amazing team that's really good at the things that they're really good at. And now you can focus on the things that you're really good at, but that you really love or even those things that you're really good at, but you don't necessarily love, those are going to come later. We can replace those later, but let's get the things that you're bad at and you dislike first, the things that you are, you know, bad at, but you like, like, you know, that for the business, let's go ahead and get those replaced because, you know, just because you enjoy it doesn't mean that you need to keep doing something you're bad at. Uh, and then the things that you necessarily, you know, are really good at, uh, and you also enjoy that should be what's left over because that's how you're going to grow that business and, and make it exactly, you know, what it is that it needs to be, what you had in mind when you started the business, you got to get back to those roots of like, what did I want to do and how am I going to accomplish that? And that means dividing some of those tasks out, finding the best team possible. You can't, you can't grow, you can't scale, you're not going to find success all by yourself. That's extremely rare. And I would argue half of the stories you hear about these people that do it on their own, probably had a massive team underneath them that they're just not willing to give the credit to, you know, and you know, it is what it is like, yeah. So I think that that's huge. Yes. And I just want to pause right there real quick because that was crucial for me. So, you know, as Money Talk with Tiff was my baby for so long, I was so scared to hand over some reins because I was like, oh my gosh, they're not going to treat my baby right. But once I did, <laughs> that was when I experienced the most growth ever. So I can definitely, um, you know, vouch for what you're saying. Um, for instance, I was not consistent with my podcast. Why? Because I didn't like editing. So it would take me forever to edit. I didn't enjoy it, but I was like, this is something that has to be done. I sat there and edited every single episode until like episode 70. And then I was like, you know what, Tiffany, <laughs> now's the time. But when I hired an editor, oh my gosh, the podcast skyrocketed. I'm able to stay consistent. Not only that, now I do two episodes a week versus one. So I when you said outsource, I cannot stress that enough either. Y'all get some people to help you with some of these things that you do not like. It will make you grow tremendously. So with that being said, what other things should we be thinking about as a small business owner to work smarter, not harder? 
Yeah. So let's go into that revenue versus profit. Cause I think that that's one mm. of the areas that a lot of people miss out on, you know? So what I hear a lot, you know, we'll talk to businesses and they say, you know, I'm just not making enough money, you know, and then, okay, well, what are you doing to, to increase that? What are you currently doing that we can work on? Well, you know, we're out there, we're making more sales. We're, we're spending this money on marketing to bring more people in and I'll tell them, I'm like, okay, well, that sounds like revenue. You know, those, those are the things you do to get more revenue in, like, what are you doing to increase your profitability? You know, and then there's usually crickets, you know, and they're like, well, I mean, <laughs> oh, they'll come back to revenue or something. I'm like, no, no, no. Like specifically, what are we doing for profit? I mean, you know, we, we, uh, we make sure that people don't spend too much money on their company cards. Okay. I mean, that's good, right? Like, you know, it's, it's very generic, but like, what else are we doing? So we got to look at the in-between. So we know revenue is the money that comes in. We know profit is the money that we get to keep. Uh, before taxes and we'll get into that too but like in between those two is is your expenses like what are you doing in between what are you spending that money on and everybody hates the word budget they hate the budget i agree i'm not a big fan of the budget but i do think that you need to look at the budget you need to look at what you're spending so that you know you can maximize that profitability like what's your return on the things that you're spending and a lot of people don't really think about that you know and i say hey like what do you what do you spend on office expenses like what do you spend on pens paper blah 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 you know oh well you know we tell them they can only spend up to this a month a week whatever okay cool what's that based off of what's your what's your roi on that like you know, if they spend $1,000 a week on office supplies, how much more profit, how much more revenue does that generate? I don't know. It's papers and pens. Well, you should. You should know exactly what, what you know, is going on within your company. If you're spending a dollar within your company, it needs to result in something. More productivity, more profitability, more revenue, uh, more efficient systems. Like everything should have a purpose. So you look at the big things. And then I like percentages because I don't like dollars. I like percentages. So when I look at it, and again, I admit it, I'm, I'm horrible at marketing and I, you know, I'm just not good at it, but I know it needs to exist. So for me, looking at the dollars that I spend would be frustrating because, you know, I don't know where they're going. It's not something I'm really good at. But if I look at it as a percentage and I've set my mind frame, right? I've, I've looked at it. My mindset is, okay, I get it. I have to spend 10% of my revenue in marketing if I'm going to continue to grow this thing. And that's where we have found that's the maximum uh, capacity at 10%. It's the maximum return on the dollars. If we spend a little more, we can make a little bit more money, but our returns less. If we spend less, we pull in less revenue, not as productive. We can maximize it out. So 10% easy. This is how many revenue dollars are coming in. 10% of it's going to be spent in marketing. I'm good to go. It doesn't bother me the monetary because I know I've worked out the, the key performance indicator for that, the metric. So, you know, as you will, is 10%. And so now I can say 10% has to go to marketing and this can be as low as 1%. Like there's, there's big companies out there and they're spending 1% on marketing. And that's where they found that that's the maximum uh, result of that. And, and you might say, well, 1% is nothing. I'm talking, you know, these are 10, 20, $30 million revenue companies that, you know, don't really need marketing necessarily. Most of their marketing goes to like recruitment or brand awareness, not necessarily bringing in customers. So they're like construction companies or excavation or, you know, something along those lines. So if you know what these percentages are, now we're looking at our percentages and we're just trying to keep those in the ranges that they need to be. 
So that the end of the story, at the end of the PL, that profit number has been maximized. So if you're making that same million dollars, right, in revenue and, and you're only making fifty thousand, if you can adjust these numbers in the middle and now you're making a hundred thousand, I'd say that's way easier to double the money that you take home, double your profitability than it is to go from one million dollars to $2 million, which if you continue the way that you've been working, that's what you would need to do to take home $100,000 versus $50,000. So to me, way smarter. Let's look at what we're spending and let's maximize our profitability first. I'm not saying never increase your revenue, but when your profit is maximized and you're operating at peak efficiency, now every dollar you spend to increase your revenue is going to result in that many more dollars that you get to keep and that profitability. Gotcha. Gotcha. So let's pause here for a minute because, um, first you said P and L just want to let the audience know that's a profit and loss statement. Um, (laughs) so that shows, you know, what your profit is, what your losses are, gives you a number at the bottom. Okay. So I just wanted to clear that up. And then also how do we back into these percentages? So if people are listening and they're like, okay, I get it. Use percentages instead of dollars, but where are these percentages coming from? Like, how do I calculate what percentage would work best for my business? Yeah, no, 100%. So, you know, and I think that you have to do some industry research first, find out kind of where the industry is, what makes sense for that industry. uh, And then you have to look at your own numbers. And so, you know, it's, you know, put it on an Excel, if you don't have like QuickBooks or Xero or, uh, you know, NetSuite or any of the other ones, like whatever your accounting system is, you can always download it into Excel. Or if you're working in Excel, you can just do it there. So you're going to take the dollars that you spend, and you're going to divide it by your total revenue. And that's going to give you your percentage of what you're spending in total revenue. And then those are the percentages we need to go on. And so like I always tell people, you can't change a lot of things and know what the impact is, right? So you need to change one thing at a time to find out like how it affects your business. So, you know, if you want to know, hey, if I increase this and or decrease this or, or whatever, whatever's going on in your expenses, do it one at a time because you need to know what the actual effect is. So let's let's stick with marketing. If we increase our marketing spend, then we know what the revenue impact is on that particular item because we're doing everything else the same. So if we just increase our marketing, then we know, okay, I doubled my marketing spend. So realistically, you know, I should be doubling my revenue, so to speak, right? And that doesn't always work that way, but let's just say that that's what it is. And so we double our marketing, we're looking for a double of our revenue. Well, if we don't see a double, let's say we only see one and a half times, you know, okay, well, then maybe above this particular level, we, we've maxed out the increase of what we can process, what we can do. If you've doubled your marketing and now your sales team isn't able to close as many leads, because you don't have the capacity, if you're selling a product, you don't have the product to sell. If you're selling a service, you don't have the labor to meet that demand, then you've, you've spent too much in marketing right now and you need to increase the staff or you've got to make your pipeline better so that you have uh, more product to sell, right? But we know what the results are because we see the increase in demand. If we decrease that marketing, you know, then it should be dollar for dollar really with the revenue. If we don't, then, okay, well, now we don't need to spend as much money because we decreased our marketing spend by 25%, but we only saw a small, you know, maybe 5% drop in our revenue. 
Well, what's what's the dollars? What's our return on it? If if we know for every dollar we spend in marketing, we're bringing in an extra ten dollars in revenue, uh, but our profit margins ten percent, so that every dollar we we add in marketing, it creates that much more work, but we're only getting a one dollar return. Well, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. Like you don't want to work harder to literally have the exact same return. I spent a dollar and I made a dollar. That's a bad mix. Like I don't want to do extra work to break even. You know, if I spend a dollar, I want to be able to keep two dollars. Like making an extra 10 doesn't really help us if we're going to spend nine of that $10 and we're still back to the same dollar we started with. I don't want to work harder for the same money. I want to work harder to make more money. And so I want to see that marketing spend be a return on the profit, not on the revenue. I want to see a return in the profit realm uh, that exceeds what I spent. I want to spend a dollar. I want to make $2 or $3 or $5, right? I don't want to make the same dollar. Like that doesn't make any sense. You're not going to get ahead doing that. You know, so that's, that's really what I'm talking about is, is looking at those percentages, affecting them one at a time, affect your marketing spend, see what happens, affect your labor. You know, if you're bringing in more people, has that affect the, the revenue? How does it affect the profitability? You know, if I'm, if I'm going to change out my product, I'm going to add a new product line and we need to look at what that product, you know, is doing. If that product is popular and it's outselling other products, that's amazing. You know, like, okay, now we need to focus more attention on that particular product because that product has a higher profit margin. And maybe you sell a lot more of another product, but the profit margin is horrible. You know, you, you sell, you know, 10,000 of these, these products to make, you know, 10,000 bucks, but I can sell a thousand of these other products and I make 20,000. Well, I want to sell the thousand, you know, I want to make more money with less work. And that's, that's what I'm talking about when I talk about smarter, not, not harder. Yes, yes. And, you know, I feel like I'm sitting in the church pews right now. (laughs) And you know how the pastor's up there and just calling all your cards. And I'm just like, wow, like I have a lot of work to do. (laughs) Because I know my technology spend is up there because that is what I spend on. And um, yeah, I just have a lot of sitting down and looking at my numbers and figuring out these percentages that you're talking about. Um, So I, completely agree. And I do feel called out right now, but it's okay. Um, so, <laughs> so well, I'll tell you uh, the, here's the great thing about tech and I'm going to go super tangent. So, so ride with me on this one. <laughs> so here's the beauty of spending money like on software development or any of these tech things that are coming into play. When you spend those money, those monies in your business, you spend the money in your business, to create new processes, uh, if you're experimenting with things and creating, uh, you know, new uh, new things that are available to your clients, better ways of serving your clients, your customers, all that stuff. All that stuff can be uh, redeemed for research and development tax credits. So when we're talking about that profit number, there's one more thing underneath that profit, and that's your that's your profit after taxes. So if you make 100K and the government takes 40K away from you, then you get to keep 60K. Like, that stinks. I would much rather make 100K and then use some tax benefits and keep as much of that 100K as I can. If instead of paying 40K in taxes, maybe you pay 5K, 
well, now you got to keep 95K and that's way better than 60K. So, you know, so, I'm, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so you mean to tell me um, all these years of this tech addiction that I have, um, I could be writing that off as a tax credit in, yes. in R&D. And R&D, y'all, is research and development. So do tell me more about this R&D tax credit. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love it. And so, and we all know that we can write off the business expenses uh, against our revenue, and that leaves us the profit at the bottom, which is good. But that big profit number that you have, hopefully it's big, right? That profit number that you have, the government comes and they say, hey, I want 20%, 30%, 40% of that money. And, you know, and the government, you know, they're, they're the gang you don't mess with. You know, if they say they want your money, you pay the money, you know, like not worth, not worth fighting them on that. So, you know, then you give that money over and then whatever's left over is what you get to keep. The beauty of the research and development tax credit, and there's other tax credits out there. I'm specifically talking about research and development here, but uh, the, the research and development, that's a dollar for dollar reduction of those particular taxes. And so if you spent, you know, however many dollars on research and development, there's a calculation that has to go in there to, to calculate that R&D tax credit. But when you're looking at that profit number at the bottom and it says, hey, you guys owe us $40,000, then you come back and you say, hey, well, we did research and development and here's our expenses. Here's our structure. Here's our tax form that shows that we have $40,000 in research and development tax credits. And the government literally takes that as a coupon, so to speak. And they say, okay, cool. Instead of paying us $40,000, we are going to accept this tax form that shows you spent you know, X dollars that resulted in $40,000 in research and development tax credits. And so they're going to stamp your taxes uh, paid in full. And that 100K that you made that you would have normally given the government 40,000, you get the little stamp paid in full and you get to keep all $100,000 that you made, you get to keep because you offset it with these tax credits. So you literally increased your profit margin by 40% by paying attention to what you spent and making sure that you maximize those tax credits, uh, specifically in this case in the research and development space. Very cool. Very cool. And you know, it sounds like it's kind of complicated. <laughs> it sounds really complicated, but that's why you're here. And that's why a fractional CFO is important. So if anybody's listening and they were interested in finding out more about these R&D tax credits or finding out more about how they can make more in their business without working harder, how could they find you? Well, they can go straight to the website. Um, our full disclosure, don't go to Tiff's website before you go to ours because ours <laughs> is nowhere near as cool as hers is. But uh, we do have a website. Uh, I will, I will, you know, look at mine first and then, then maybe go to Tiff's, you know, so you can be like, oh, okay, so that's how you do a website. <laughs> we, we, we do have one. It's not bad, you know, just comparison. Uh, so uh, we have a website, CFOAF, so Chief Financial Officer, you know, CFO, uh, and then AF, so CFOAF.com. Uh, or you can find me on all the social medias. Uh, I probably need to post more kitten and, and puppy videos so that I can get some traction uh, because people don't want to watch me talk about finances as much as they want to watch puppies. But, you know, I get it. I also like to watch puppies. Uh, so uh, but on all the social media platforms are probably the easiest way is just to go to 
uh, go to the website. And uh, we have a, a link there. You can set up a chat with me, somebody on the team. Uh, we have some some data on some of these tax credits and some of the things that we talk about on here. Um, there's a link to uh, like we have some courses and some stuff on there. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the website's probably the easiest, best way to uh, to find us. Yes, yes. And Guys, I did not pay Byron to say that. So just <laughs> FYI. Um, but if you didn't catch all of that, I'll make sure to have everything in the show notes for you because this is some good information. I plan on digging in because you all know I have a tech addiction and now I can fully fund it. And yeah. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much, Byron, for coming on the show today. And I appreciate all the gems that you dropped for me and my audience. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at Money Talk with T. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient.